Well, what a great day we've had today. Wonderful with the choir and orchestra and my favorite part so far was seeing that baptism. Isn't that exciting? See somebody profess their faith. You know, I wish the whole community was here to see that and join in it, but that's just not the world that we live in, is it? Uh, we live in a world where there's less faith than we've seen in our nation in, in a long time. But the truth is, it's really nothing new in world history. I, I don't know how many of you here today maybe really loved history in school. I was not a fan uh, when I was in high school, but you know, you're required to take it. And to me, it was a, it was a lot of reading and, and a lot of dead people, and you know, it just didn't seem didn't seem all that all that interesting. And I got to college and had to take history again, and uh, I, I started to see how it was a little bit little bit helpful and then it was really when I got out of school and, and started making all kinds of new mistakes that my parents and grandparents had taught me not to make that I realized that that perhaps there's something we could really learn from history and and as I've gotten older I read more and more and more and realize how truly beneficial it is because one of the things that history can do for you is it can give you a perspective that's broader than your own personal experience. If all we know is our own personal experience, well, we might think that uh, this is the worst time that anybody's ever lived in. And we certainly would think that if we listen to the news, right? We would think this is the worst time anybody's ever lived in. Nobody's ever had it as bad as we have it. And how in the world are we going to figure out how to be Christians in, in this environment? Uh, but the truth is the world's been dark for a really long time and all throughout history there have been times when the church has uh, not been heavily populated not been a major part of their their country there's been times when Christians have faced intense persecution and in the first century it was a pretty dark time as well I don't know if you studied much about the Roman Empire but it was not it was not the shining light in civilization that a lot of people might think that it is. It was full of murder and corruption, all kinds of sexual immorality. It was a really, it was a really dark time in our world. And that was the period when God sent his son. At a time when a man named Herod was ruling what's modern day Israel. He was ruling under the Romans in Jerusalem. And, and perhaps you've heard of Herod because of the biblical narratives, but, but maybe don't know a lot about Herod. But Herod arose just after the time of Julius Caesar, and he worked with Cleopatra and Mark Anthony and Octavius, and perhaps you remember those names from, from history. And he was very cunning and crafty. He was a very devious person and a very wicked person, and that's how he survived that environment and rose to be the king of the Jews. That was his title given by Rome, the king of the Jews. And anybody that posed a possible threat, well, he, he murdered them. He murdered his wife. He murdered his mother-in-law. He murdered the high priest. Anybody that stood in his way. That's the kind of person that he was. And that's the state of the world when Jesus came and entered into it. And yet, 
the Bible tells us about a group of magi or wise men, your Bible might translate that word, who saw a star and came seeking. And they came and worshiped the Lord Jesus Christ, even in the midst of all of that. You see, if we look through the biblical history, we'll see dark times all throughout Israel. But there'll always be people who even in the lowest moments of Israel were seeking to serve the Lord. The people were carried off into captivity. But there was Daniel. There was Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They were faithful. The whole nation followed after other gods. And false prophets condoned it. But there was Jeremiah who preached the truth. And we come to the, what we now call the beginning of the first century. And there was Herod and the chief priests and the wise men. And out of all those, it was only the wise men who were seeking Jesus. We don't know a lot about them. They almost certainly were not Jews, but yet they believed and they sought. And here's what I want you to understand today as we dive into their story. Your choices do not have to be made by the people around you. You have the freedom and the opportunity to decide whether you'll seek the Lord or not. It doesn't matter whether you're in the majority or the minority. It doesn't matter whether all the rest of your family is pursuing something else. You have the freedom and the opportunity to worship and to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I can remember uh, growing up and my, my grandparents were, were really wise people and my parents were really wise people. And, and I can remember uh, the first time uh, that my grandmother really got after me for doing something. And she said, she said, why did you do that? And I said, I said, well, I said, Mama, I said, uh, and I named the other boys in the neighborhood. I said, I said, they were doing it too. And she said, if they jump off a bridge, are you going to jump off a bridge too? I don't know. Did your, I don't know. Did your grandparents ever use that or not? My grandmother said that to me about four times. And I, after the fourth time, I learned to never again use the excuse that I did something because everyone else was doing it. You know, in the first century, most people were consumed with self-interest, self-promotion. Those that even engaged in religion were legalists and hypocrites. And yet in the midst of that, they were a group of wise men who saw a star and went seeking to find the Christ. And when they found him, they worshiped him. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. It's about how to be a wise person in a, in a Herod world. Because that's what we're living in. We're living in a world of disbelief. We're living in a world where some people pretend, although it's no longer popular to be a Christian in America, so 
that's becoming less and less. But we live in a world in which there's all kinds of pressure to do something different other than to follow the Lord. But I want to encourage you to choose your own path and to seek the Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 2, we're looking at verses 1 through 12 today. Would you join me in standing out of honor for God's word as we read this together? Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going into the house they saw the child with Mary his mother and they fell down and worshiped him then offering their treasures they offered him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod they departed to their own country by another way let's pray together God, help us to understand this passage today, and may we we have the faith of the wise men who pursued your son and worshiped him. For it's in his name that we pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, the Bible tells us here about the wise men who heard the news of Jesus and went seeking to worship him. And so I want you to just think for a moment Now, understand that all we know about the wise men is what it says in this passage. So, notice in verse 2, they said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Have you ever thought about why did the wise men call Jesus the king of the Jews? How did they know? And by the way, that that was Herod's title given to him by the Romans and He had already slaughtered everybody else that was a possible threat to his throne. And so surely they didn't know that or they wouldn't have went before Herod and said they were looking for the one who had been born the king of the Jews. The Bible doesn't tell us how they knew what they knew. Have you ever thought about this? How did they notice his star? Was it bigger? Was it it brighter? Did Did it... Shoot like a shooting star. How, how, did they, how did they notice this star? What was it that caused them to make this journey traveling to see him? And why would a star lead them to worship Jesus? 
and yet it did. You see, what we see in this passage are a group of people. And we don't know how many wise men there were. There were three gifts. But these wise men came bringing these three gifts. And they obviously knew very little about Jesus. But they knew that something spectacular had taken place. And they knew that Jesus was going to be the king of the Jews. So they came to worship him. I want you to think for a moment about this stark contrast between the Magi, who knew so little and yet believed so much. You see, they didn't know the Old Testament scriptures, and they didn't know the prophecies. And that's why they went to Herod, because they couldn't find Jesus, and they didn't know where to look. But you know, I believe there's a lot of people in the world today that are seeking. They're not sure exactly where to look, but they're seeking. They know that there's something wrong, but they're not sure how to fix it. This past uh, weekend, we had our return to Bethlehem. As people came through the orientation room and we shared, a, we shared a gospel presentation with them. And in this presentation, it begins with a circle with all uh, these squiggly lines of chaos. And we talked to them about how the world is broken and people try to find a way to escape it. And so I was in the chapel and we had some other volunteers in, in the other orientation rooms. And uh, I, I expect they probably had the same experience. But I noticed as I began to talk about a broken world and people trying to escape through drugs and people trying to escape through sex outside of marriage and people trying to escape through greed, finding ways to escape brokenness and yet getting snapped back in. The people in my room were, they were laser focused. They were, some were nodding. Some, every time I gave another example, they leaned in just a little closer. Because people know there's something wrong with the world today. They understand that it's broken. They're just not sure what the answer is. The Magi, they went seeking. They went seeking Jesus, but they didn't know where to look. They didn't know the Old Testament scriptures, so they went to Herod, and he called in the scribes and the Pharisees. So I want you to think about this contrast here. The wise men heard about Jesus, and they went looking for him to worship him. The chief priests and the scribes, they heard the news of Jesus. And from everything recorded in Scripture, they just went about business as usual. Do you notice? There's no account of the chief priests going to see the baby, is there? Nowhere in Scripture does it mention the scribes going to seek him. Nowhere do they say, let us join you. We'll find him together. 